You are listening to Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, this is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and we're here for another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And today we have with us Jamie Newton-Knight, who is a speaker, a coach, and the CEO of Blended Black Family and the Cooperative Co-Parenting Blend. Jamie helps moms take charge of their lives, balance their families, and co-parent with ease by redefining motherhood on their own terms. And we are excited to have you here with us today, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. So our first question, it's always the same, (laughs) but I think it's a very powerful question um, and a very telling question. Um, So I'm going to ask you that. (laughs) Yes. Who are you and how are you impacting the world? Who am I? Um, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. A mom of four, I'll be specific. Um, I have four amazing children. Um, So I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm I'm learning to be comfortable with being just Jamie sometimes. Sometimes I I just want to be Jamie. I don't want to be called mommy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I make sure I take time for that. Um, Yeah, so, so that's who I am. That's part of who I am. I love to be silly and I love to dance like a crazy person and I love to sing like no one's listening to me (laughs) as loud as I can. Um, Yeah. And part two of your question. How are you impacting the world? How am I impacting the world is, um, so by helping these moms learn to redefine motherhood on their own terms, I feel like that's, a way to to look around in our society, especially in black communities or yeah, in black families as well, where the stigma is that we don't know how to co-parent without drama mm-hmm. or stress or foolishness. I want that stigma. I want this platform to help me erase that stigma. Mm-hmm. that we don't know how to co-parent with ease and we don't know how to co-parent without drama because many of us are actively co-parenting and blending without drama. Mm-hmm. So I, wanna, I want to put into the world um, that light that there is like some people are in the dark part of it and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I want them to see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's, that's how I want to uh, contribute to the world, just by like being that little light to say, don't give up, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. There's, there, there, there's that light at the end of the tunnel. And, and if you need my help, I want to be able to help you get there. Yeah, that's really good. And it's interesting um, because you talk about the stigma and it's like this, this assumption that if you find yourself in that situation, that is going to be negative, it's going to be bad, it's going to be hard. And not that, I guess there's a, there is a higher likelihood of that happening, but not because we can't do it without drama, 
Right. But because relationships in general are difficult. And then come into a relationship with your own stuff, good and bad, and try to blend it Mm -hmm. (laughs) with somebody else and their stuff is really no different than what a new marriage might experience, you know? But it's just this idea that, um, you know, you're coming into a relationship with someone who already has a child, um, whether that child is living with you or not, that it just has to be almost like it has to be more difficult than other relationships. But I would say it's no different. Not at all. Other relationships. Not at all. Not at all. You just have to learn how to navigate it. Everybody has to learn to, to put forth okay, these are my boundaries. This is where, and this is how far I'm willing to, you know, this is, this is my comfort level. I'm willing to go to this, to this level. Um, how far are you le- um, able to go? And just being able to hear it and respect everybody's boundaries and not try to, they, just like you said, they even say it in marriage, like, you know, each other's triggers, right? You know, each other's trigger points. So you try very hard not to step on that landfill. You're like, okay, I know my husband doesn't like this. So let me not. Right. It's the same thing with co-parenting. You don't try to trigger the person just because you're mad about something. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't try to, you know, create drama where there is no drama. And once everyone learns each other's boundaries and, okay, I can do this. This, this is my strong suit. This is yours. Everybody play to that. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes it so much better and easier for the child to just be able to flourish and I feel like kids need that. They need the ability to know that everybody's there just to have their back. Like, I'm right. not here to put my foolishness on you as a child or, or put you in the middle of our stuff because that stuff is my stuff. That stuff is his stuff. It's not your stuff to carry. Right. You just be a child, enjoy having both your parents around, and that, and that should be it. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets out their own way. I feel like it starts to flow so much easier. Right. And I think another thing is um, when you do have the people who do intentionally step on those triggers and they do intentionally cause drama, it is not really because they are incapable of doing the opposite of that because they are, they are making a choice to do it. Absolutely. There are other issues at play. There Absolutely. are um, self-esteem and self-confidence issues, um, probably some issues with feeling rejected yep. um, and just anger and frustration anger. that hasn't been dealt with, you Absolutely. know, but not because they don't know how to have productive relationships. They're just not, at all. not to for some other reasons. <laughs> correct. That's absolutely correct. And, and um, that, that's everything you said was so on point. I, I do like a, a portion where I talk to my community about the um, crazy, bitter baby mama, because that's like the stigma. All right. baby mamas are crazy. They all are bitter and they're bitter about, you know, whatever it is they, people don't try to figure out what they're bitter about or why they're mad. They just know that they just, you know, these are the people you can't really deal with. And mm-hmm. I said, there's always a backstory to that story. Right. If you find out what that backstory is, I promise you is less bitter and more angry about maybe the demise of the relationship or how it played out, or it may not even be jealousy. It just could be a, a number of other things that you, you know, you're not thinking that it is. And just like you said, people bring things to the table with them as it is. So this might be a result of, I was already feeling rejected by my dad. 
And now this relationship didn't work out. And now I feel more rejection from this relationship that didn't work. So it's, it's so much more. But I also tell my moms, just because people invite you to a fight does not mean you have to attend. Right. <laughs> just because the, they're like, here you go. Here's right. the invitation. Let's go. You don't have to go, oh, yeah, I'm in it. I used to right. do it. I used to be like, oh, for real? Oh, it's a fight? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, what are we talking about today? Let's, right. let's get to it. <laughs> and then you, you have to grow up and like, how is this helping our child? Right. How is this helping, for one, what he's seeing? But two, and, and to me, it's most important, what he feels. Like if he's seeing or she's seeing their parent fight so much, like how is that helping them progress? Yeah. So that's what parents have to think about. Like, you don't have to attend every fight. Just because you were invited doesn't, you could turn it down. Like, no, right. not today. Right, right. <laughs> I would add on to the two things that you pointed out about what the child is seeing and then how they're feeling, but also who are they becoming as a result of all yes. of that? Because you are training that child to be a certain way based on what you allow them to see in your relationships. Yes, and then they think it's okay. Yep. Yep. They think it's okay. They think the dysfunction is normal. Yes, and it's not. Yes. So how did you end up doing this work? Because I have a feeling that um, you were not 11 or 12 years old saying, I want to coach women on how to have successful and happy blended families and co-parenting. And I'm pretty sure you don't have a college degree in that. So (laughs) what's the story behind this? (laughs) So my story is that um, I was a single mom of a daughter. Her her father and I didn't work out. That was like a very short-lived high school relationship. Um, And then I met my son's dad. And he and I were together for about six or seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, We were engaged to be married. And about three months before we got married, I found out he was cheating. Mm -hmm. So now here goes the wedding that's about to happen is like over. Mm -hmm. And all these, you know, all these feelings and these things are coming up. So now it's like, okay, we're not together anymore, but we got a co-parent because we still have our son. And so it was like, how do I do that with somebody that I'm so mad at? Mm -hmm. I cannot actively co-parent with this person without lashing out at him Mm -hmm. so I would I started off by doing quick sessions like okay I'll meet you downstairs and it was like a quick exchange like here's our son and I would go back I didn't want to have dialogue because I knew that if I said something it was going to be me stepping on that land landmine and it was going to blow up so I tried very hard to like to do that because I knew for myself that I, that's not what I wanted our son to see. Mm-hmm. So even though, and I've always been like this, even with my daughter's father who wasn't involved in her life for the first part of her life, I never said anything bad about them. Mm-hmm. I just was like, that's not, to me, that never felt like their fight. Right. Like just because you weren't good to me doesn't mean you're not going to be good to them. So mm-hmm. I'm always going to allow you to have that, to be active in their lives as long as you're willing to do that and I'm not going to say bad things. So three months, like I said, three months into the wedding, this happens and we're like, okay, now how how are we going to work this out? Not only did he cheat, but he continued a relationship with the female that he cheated with. So now I have to co-parent with him and see the person that he cheated with. Right. So that became something more difficult to deal with. And then that's when 
that's when I'm sure I looked like the bitter baby mom. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I kind of feel like I didn't care what I said to him. Like I was just like, not around my son still, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't have respect for him. And so when I spoke to him, he could feel that I had no respect for him. Mm -hmm. And then they got engaged. So all the things that we were supposed to be doing that you were incapable of doing just a year or two ago, mm-hmm. now you're so ready to do this thing. So I had a lot of angry feelings, right. hurt feelings. And I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know. I kind of was sitting in that, that space of, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Cause this whole relationship I had gotten wrapped up in. Like, mm. you know, sometimes as women, we give it, we give it our all. We lose ourselves in it so deep. Um, so that's where I was. I was doing the mom thing, the girlfriend, kind of like the wife playing house, as my grandma would say. And I was all in. And so I lost myself in that. And it was like me not wanting to keep still. Dr. Sharita, I literally ran and ran. When I say run, I meant I couldn't sit still. I was like, okay, me and the kids are going here this weekend. Okay, we're going to do that this weekend. Okay, we're going to do the. Okay, I'm going out. I'm going to go hang with my friend. Like, I would not sit still. Mm-hmm. And I and I knew that if I sat still, because I come from a background where I believe in God, that he was going to start talking to me. And I did not want to hear <laughs> anything God had to say at that time. Right. I was like, no, God, because <laughs> see, because what happened was and the crazy thing is I asked for what I got. I said, God, if this man is not for me, can you please reveal it to me? And li- And when I say literally maybe two days, it was like a rug just got pulled from under my feet. And I was like, oh, wait, not this fast. That's not what I meant. I meant, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't listen, you don't deliver like this when I'm asking for money. God, I need some money. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't and happen. You probably weren't <laughs> expecting that answer. Cause sometimes we oh. say that out of, um, kind of this obligation. Cause that's what Christians do, right? Yes. You know, it's like, well, Lord, if it's not for me, close the door. Right. Cause it sounds so nice. And, and that's just what we're expected to say, but you don't actually expect the door to close. Yeah, no, you did. I, I definitely was not. I was like, God, wait, wait. I literally could feel myself like, wait, God, that's not what I didn't mean. I mean, I meant it, but no, not right now. It was just a whole. And then I sat still. He was like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to practice celibacy. And so I was like, wow, that's like a stretch. I just was in this long-term relationship. And now he's like, and, and I'm seeing these things revealed to me, like step-by-step. Step. Like I had never, um, I knew that I would hear from God, but I thought that it would be like a song that I would hear that gave me a message or my mom, cause she's very religious would maybe tell me a word, but it was literally almost like me sitting and like seeing these things pop up. Like, okay. So I took two years and I was celibate for two years. I was by myself. I was like, it's just going to be about myself and my children. Mm -hmm. Anything we need to do any, you know, and I focused more on that. Mm -hmm. Within that time, I learned the things that Jamie liked, the things that Jamie did not like, Mm -hmm. the things that Jamie could tolerate, the things that Jamie could not tolerate. And so when I started to date again, I decided that I was going to do it differently than I had in the past. Mm-hmm. And I joined this group through a church, through our, our church, which was um, called uh, Dating God's Way. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's almost like the, the ability to have someone court you versus you just seeking this, you know, new relationship right after all this trauma took place right. in your life. And so I was like, okay, I'm pacing myself. And I started to meet people. And literally I was able to discern very quickly, like, this is not the relationship for me, which I had never had before. Mm -hmm. I was always, I always felt like I was kind of picking the wrong people. I was like, how did I end up with this person? We don't even match. Um, and so having that discernment, going through that, that time of solitude with God allowed me to like see things so much clearer than I had ever seen it before that like it changed the course of my life. And because of that, and I had friends going through the same thing and they're like, how are you co-parenting with this person after what he did to you? Like you literally was about to marry him and he's with this girl marrying her and how are you coping? And I was like, God, like I, prayer, God, you know, like friends that tell me the truth. It just was a mix of a, a, a quite a few things, but they were, they were all asking me because they were in co-parenting relationships as well and having a hard time. So they would constantly come to me like, okay, what should I do about this? What do I do about that? Right. And it just became a thing. And I never thought to make a business out of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 2016. And I was like, I think this is my calling because it <laughs> follows me around everywhere, everywhere, literally everywhere. And so that's how I ended up being the motherhood mastery coach or the blended family strategist. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so how how exactly do you help moms so like what are what are some of the strategies that you teach like how do you you know get in there with them and help them through this process so the first part of getting through the process is just understanding that you feel something sometimes just like i told you i wanted to run around so much that i didn't have the opportunity to sit and feel mm -hmm. i ran because i didn't want to feel so i want to help them sit in the space so that they can feel whatever it is. It may not be anger. It might be hurt. It might be um, jealousy. It might, whatever it is, whatever it is, confusion. I want, the, I want to help them sit in the space of finding out what it is. Let's label what it is. And now let's try to heal. Mm -hmm. So I take them through the steps of healing. And then after the healing process, we go on to other steps, which teach them that you can't control what other people do. You can only control your reaction to those people. So how can you co-parent even when you're being met with, with some resistance sometimes? How can you still effectively co-parent? Mm -hmm. I teach them skills on how to communicate. So if you see that you're about to have this grand argument that's not necessary, tap out. Listen, um, I see this conversation is going in a different direction. I really wanted to focus on the kids right now. So because it's, it's kind of getting heated, how about we take a time out and then we'll resume this conversation a little bit later. So I teach them how to communicate by stepping away mm -hmm. and coming back just to be able to have that conversation. And I also teach them not to rush the process because the reality is that no two situations look the same and my process might not have been as quickly as theirs took or there's, you know, vice versa. So I just teach them not to rush it, just to go through the steps. And if they follow the process, they'll see that they'll start to co-parent with ease. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, now that you're, you know, you're in this business, you've been in it like four years now. Yes. 
Um, so what has been one of your major challenges as an entrepreneur? Ooh, oh, my major challenge as an entrepreneur. Let's see. Um, I think not, I think not getting too invested in relationships with the, with my clients. Like sometimes I'm so invested. It's like, I want to help them beyond the level. Sometimes I want to help people beyond the level that they're ready to be helped. Mm -hmm. So especially when you're dealing with um, people and their emotions, um, you, especially me, I take on what they're feeling often. Mm -hmm. And so I want to help them beyond what I can help. Um, and sometimes you're met with people who you want to help, but they're not exactly ready to take that step. They'll say, yeah, I want to move forward. I want to be able to co-parent. And then you'll see them do something to their co-parent that's like, takes them 10 steps back. You're like, wait, we just spoke yesterday and you said <laughs> you're trying to progress, but you just took you guys 10 steps back. So I think oftentimes wanting to help them more than they want to uh, help themselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and investing so much is, um, I would say that. Okay. All right. So it's, it's from a perspective of client care and just yes. being invested in your clients is not a bad thing, but for your own <laughs> kind of mental and emotional health, yeah. And just in keeping boundaries within your business, um, I could see how that, you know, absolutely, absolutely be, be challenging. And I know, you know, typically, you know, when we are um, purpose-centered and purpose-aligned entrepreneurs, it's very easy for us to always give more than 100%. Yes. Um, and to always, you know, give more than what they paid you for. Absolutely. Um, but it's not always fair to us and it's not always the healthy thing for us to do right as coaches yes so, yeah so that's something you know for our audience to tune into <laughs> and take a hint on <laughs> yes um now as we um come to the close of our time together i know that you have a free gift that you want to um offer to our audience can you tell us what that is and how they can get it Yes. Yeah, so my free offer is a motherhood mastery call where we sit and we have a conversation about what your greatest challenge is either in your blended family, your co-parenting relationship or with motherhood at, in general. Because like I said, I do help moms try to redefine motherhood. So in any of those, any of those terms, I try to um, help with. So we'll sit and we'll talk. We'll get, give you some clarity on what your next step should be. And then I'll, I'll give them ways that they can, you know, move forward with me. If we want to work together, one-on-one -on -one coaching, if they want to do one of my programs, if they want to be a part of a group, all of those things. So they can definitely reach me through my link, which is bit.ly slash motherhood mastery clarity call, all lowercase. Okay. And we'll make sure that that URL is in the show notes. Um, and then finally, how can folks connect with you online? They can connect with me on Facebook through the uh, Blended Black Family, which is my business page. Also, the Coco Blend, which is just a short name for the Cooperative Co-Parenting Blend. So the Coco Blend, that's also the same on Instagram and Twitter. 
Um, and or they can just visit the website www.thecocoblend.com and I'm on social media all the time so <laughs> if anybody's interested in, in reaching me they certainly can also uh, we'll make sure that our listeners can um, access you through those links again in the show notes um, and just to close us out can you share um, just very briefly, some inspirational, motivational words for our audience. Yes, um, I would say, especially if you are a person in a co-parenting relationship or blended family, don't just look at the surface and see things for, don't look at what you see and judge it from there. Um, I'm sure there's likely a deeper backstory to it. See if you can get that backstory for more clarity, just so that you all can co-parent with ease because overall it's not about any of the adults feelings it's about how can we be effective parents to this child mm -hmm. so keep pushing everything is going to work out as long as you guys keep the child first and can i just tell you a book that really got me through mm -hmm. yes. the purpose driven life i feel like that book changed my life i think i've read that book about two or three times now mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you for spending some time with us and sharing your story and about your entrepreneurial journey as well. Um, it's been great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.